my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with Alexis Bradfield. How are you, Alexis? I'm good. Doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you. I'm so excited to talk to you. So first, we have to say, um, because um, you'll, you'll understand here in a second, but first we have to we have to read a, an official statement. So um, Alexis's opinions, views, experiences um, are not endorsed or representative of the United States Air Force or the National Science Foundation. So you'll you'll kind of understand in a minute while we, why we're uh, uh, while we while we're reading that statement, uh, I am super super excited to get to talk to you, Alexis. Alexis is a 2012 graduate of our program, and her current title is public affairs specialist on the community engagement team for the Department of the Air Force at Joint Base Charleston in Charleston, South Carolina, one of my favorite places. Um, everybody knows I'm a North Carolina boy, but uh, when I go to the low country, I love me some <laughs> low country uh, down in Charleston. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so let's, uh, let's well, before we get there, Alexis, let's talk a, a bit about growing up. Where did you, um, where did you grow up? Right down the road from y'all in, uh, in Santa Maria. You're Santa. You know, I thought I kind of remembered that you might have some <laughs> local ties. You did. Yeah. Well, tell yes, us about that's awesome. Tell us about uh, growing up in Santa Maria. What your what your uh, what your parents do growing up? So my mom uh, is a banker. She's a commercial loan officer at a couple of different banks in um, in Santa Maria. Yeah. And my dad was a civil and petroleum and environmental engineer. Uh, he owned his own company and then he worked, he sold his company and worked for another one and then another one. And, um, and he yeah. was also in the army. Oh, cool. Right on. So that is, that is so cool. Tell us what, what about uh, brothers, any brothers and sisters, any siblings? I have one brother. He is five years older than me. He's yeah. even now that we're adults, in our 30s and almost 40s uh he's my hero he's my best friend he's so cool uh oh, <laughs> i'm really fortunate i he, love uh, he was in the army yeah he was in the army as well yeah. uh he just retired recently and now he's a he works for a distillery consulting business oh. uh and he's based out of out of boise idaho Right on. That's awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. Shout out to shout out to your family there. So that's awesome. So tell yeah. us about uh tell us about your younger life. What were you what was your jam there in Santa Maria? What did you get into? Uh things you get into when you live in a town like Santa Maria. It's like a it's a big town, yet it's a small, it's a really small town at the same right. time. Right. Uh, uh, I was huge into sports. Uh played all I played soccer softball volleyball and I ran track wow um so yeah big big into sports that's kind of kind of my world yeah multi-sport athlete there yeah <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun I was um just always going doing something yeah. I was never the never super focused on school to be totally honest but 
Yeah, but <laughs> had a lot of fun. Had but, a lot of friends. <laughs> well, you must have been to get into Cal Poly, but um, uh, true, we'll, true. We'll get, we'll get there in a second. So, so tell me, you know, I I like to call this our glory days uh, segment. Um, you know, the old Springsteen song. So, so tell me, like, what's your what was your proudest accomplishment uh, pre Cal Poly? So, I soccer was probably my main sport growing yeah. up. Played it club teams and then um up into high school and I, I made the varsity team when I was a freshman yeah. and uh we stunk uh for <laughs> oh, yeah. we didn't win any games my freshman year we tied one game uh-huh. um and my sophomore year we won two games so not that much of an improvement right. um and then somehow junior year we made it all the way to the semifinals for CIF mm-hmm. um and it was not because we were talented. Uh, I wouldn't say it was because <laughs> we were just the best. We had the best team dynamic, and we really developed that. And uh, I, I feel like even as a junior, like I, I was somewhat of a leader on that team, and I'm just so proud. I remember getting to each level in CIS and us just being shocked we were there. And when we ended up losing, <laughs> we weren't even mad. Like we were so happy. Like, wow, look at us. We made it this far. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, and that's, that's the perspective really cool. you have when you don't win a game like your freshman yeah. year. You know, you appreciate it more. That's called the deprivation yeah. gratification cycle, right? I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a theory for that one. You know, I love that. That's so great. Um, so tell us about your story in, in getting to Cal Poly. I mean, obviously you knew about Cal Poly growing up. You're close enough that I'm sure you came to San Luis Obispo many times. Um, was there a connection in the family to Cal Poly? Um, any, any story there? Yes. So both my parents are Cal Poly grads. Um, they grew up in Sacramento and came down to San Luis Obispo to go to school. And my dad also did his master's at Cal Poly. So not only did I know about it, we went to all the football games and we were, you know, connected as a family. Um, And I was just completely determined to not go to Cal Poly. I was not going to go to Cal Poly. (laughs) I was going to go so far away from home. I hear Um, that occasionally from uh, (laughs) legacies. Uh, You know, that's so funny. Yeah. 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 So my, what, what, what kept you? <laughs> my mom, uh, obviously, it's a great school. She wanted me to at least consider it. Right. And she told me if I applied to Cal Poly, she'd pay for all of my applications anywhere that I applied. Oh. Uh, and if I didn't, I had to pay for them myself. So I applied okay. and I got accepted, which I didn't expect. And I was super excited about. Right. And my dad took the day off work and took me to open house. And I ended up sitting down with the RPTA group with a bunch of people that I ended up graduating, uh, the sitting at graduation with, uh, that I had sat there at open house with and we all clicked and it was really fun. And then this is a really silly and stupid reason, but we were at the meet the faculty moment and one of the faculty handed me a tchotchke and it was chapstick and it said, um, you know, what it was RPTA around the chapstick. And I remember just looking at my dad being like, this is the coolest tchotchke I've ever gotten. This is good chapstick. I can't, this this place is so cool. Yeah. They would think of that. And I know that's such like a basic little thing, but it, that I had that chapstick 
forever just I was like yeah you look tough always pretty cool like, oh, it's such, yeah. I know everybody else has such like more in-depth reasons and I'm like oh no chapstick that was pretty it's neat chapstick. <laughs> I love it that is such a great story that is so great I I love it Dr. Dr. Hendricks will love hearing that because uh, <laughs> uh you know I'm sure he was responsible for getting that chapstick although you know um I, I do I remember the chapstick uh that is that, that is so great I love it <laughs> So, so tell us a little bit more. Um, you know, you mentioned that that group and and what and what a special moment from open house to to sitting at graduation together. But when you when you look back on your time in San Luis Obispo and at Cal Poly, is there um, is there a moment that really sticks out where you're like, I'll never forget this, or friend group, or whatever it might be? Is there any enduring memories? There's. So many, it's hard to count, right? Um, I think I was a poly rep, so that was huge for me. That's that was a lot of my social life, um, as well as extracurricular uh, activity. Mm-hmm. And um, probably like one moment with our well, yeah, I am RPTA back in my day. Uh, yeah. No, it's still and, uh, the degree is yeah. still RPTA, so everybody yeah. knows. Okay, there you talking. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I took the 412 class. I don't know if it's still the same, um, okay. but you plan a trip for everybody to go on for spring oh, break. You were with and Jacobs. then you went. Yeah. I had Dr. Jacobs down to Belize yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the whole class. And oh, that's right. Man, I just saw the Belize group. Oh, wow. It was so much fun. And I was the coolest person for so long that I could tell that story, like when it was outside of RPTA, like, yeah, I went, you know, for class, we went kayaking and it was really cool. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just felt like I had the cool, like the cool points forever. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. You know, it is. So that is, um, that is really awesome. And what a great memory and what a great experience. You know, we always marveled at how Jake, uh, how doc- Dr. Jacobs was able to to pull off that uh, that class, right? And we knew that if he ever left, that we would never be able to do it again, because he had. It was like he got grandfathered in somehow. Like he did it, <laughs> and he did it for like way cheaper, and somehow like skirted the guidelines and like all of that. I, right? I believe that. Yeah, then, he was so chill all the time too. Like I don't think. I could take that many young people no now to go do something out of the I would it would drive me nuts. He was just so calm all the time. It was great. That's just <laughs> the way he was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I looked at it and I was like, I would never want to do that, but um I'm glad he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then but then once he left, like we've we've like tried to get trips like that done again, and it's like impossible. It's mm-hmm. like how he pulled it off. I can imagine. I, I still have no idea, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, but that's great. I had um, I had forgotten you were a part of the Belize group. That is so great. Mm-hmm. What great memories, I'm sure. So mm-hmm. let's talk about professional development. You already mentioned polyreps, and I, I want you to mm-hmm. I want you to tell everybody um a little bit more about what polyreps are in case there are people who um who don't you know don't know what poly reps do um but but then tell us um if there's there's anything else from a professional development experience that you did while you were here that you feel like really set you up moving forward mm-hmm. so first of poly reps is uh just such an amazing group of people if there's any of them listening right now they are uh, still to this day my favorite people um they are student ambassadors 
they do a number of things across campus, but one of them and the most major was giving tours of campus, which I fell in love with. I feel like I, I have just like a tour voice and it just pops on sometimes still. And uh, <laughs> something I've done multiple times in my career, I end up being a tour guide yeah. for various things. I do it now um, for JROTC groups that come through base. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's been an awesome skill and they are just a great group of people. I love, um, I love that. And yeah. it seemed like you got, you all were so close um, and as a group. Uh, and so I, I love that. And, yeah. um, and, and you were, are you, are you friends with Nick Taylor? Wasn't, were y'all, were y'all? Yes. Yeah. And his, and his wife, Hannah. Um, yeah, we were all really good friends. <laughs> That's awesome. That is so cool. Um, so what about professional development? Anything professional development wise that you also did while you were here? Yeah, kind of in a roundabout way, this one was um, was really neat. I participated in a national student exchange, which is kind of a lesser known exchange program mm-hmm. on campus. And um, so I traded places with a student at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, so UMass Amherst. Um, and so you get to pay in-state tuition, but go to an out-of-state school, which was a really neat experience. And I was only supposed to be there a semester. I took a class in um, private club management. I really, really liked it and had this opportunity to go to a conference, but I wasn't going to be there. I was only going to be there for one semester. So I called my advisor, which was Professor Moyer at the time, and she helped me build this whole uh, private course of study. So my emphasis was actually a private or I'm probably saying the wrong words, but uh, it wasn't one of the five core that existed. I kind of created my own route uh, by taking and staying at UMass Amherst and taking courses in private club management up through their 500 level for a year so that I could graduate on time when I came back. Yeah. Yes. did like an individualized course of study. Yes. Yes. An individualized course of study. Yes. And, uh, Ended up getting an internship through that and working in New York at a country club, which was just, I mean, um, I worked probably 90 hours a week and I made $500, which I thought was amazing money at the time. And uh-huh. <laughs> and it all just happened because I took that step to talk to Professor Moyer and talk to my advisor and figure out how to do it. And uh-huh. she was so open to it. And she, after I submitted my proposal, she told me she was proud of me, which was like, it, just hearing that from her, she was one of the biggest mentors I had. So that was really cool. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I know that people listening um, to this will uh, will know this. Professor Moyer, uh, Wow, what a what a uh, just just an amazing, amazing woman, an amazing um, professor and mentor and advisor and everything else. Yeah, I just uh, I just adore her, and she was one of my mentors too. So uh, yeah. I, I love it. We share that, so that's great. So let's talk about um, you know moving moving out and moving beyond Cal Poly. So our current students, especially, really like to hear about your internship and how you got it and and all of that. So you've already told us about a couple of great experiences that you had. Um, what about your internship? What did you do for that? So I actually went to Garmisch Partenkirchen in Germany to work with the Department of the Army at one of their morale, welfare, and recreation hotels for military personnel. Yep. And I worked the front desk in the sales office 
for the intern internship portion and then stayed on with them for a year and a half as a ski instructor and um, tour guide. Wow. <laughs> that, sound, that sounds terrible. I mean, oh, it was, uh, it was just, amazing. What, <laughs> I went, what, what mountains? What mountains are, are those? The Zoopspitza right there and the Vaxenstein, Vaxenstein and um, there's a bunch. You're in like a bowl right there of the, uh, at the southern Germany in the German Alps right on the Austrian border. Oh, it's wow. Beautiful. It's absolutely amazing and beautiful. I was picturing Sound of Music and then, then you yes. see the border of Austria and I'm like, ah, I think that sounds about right. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is yeah. That was our lives. We wore, you know, dirndls and lederhosen. No joke. We actually wore dirndls and lederhosen and went around and frolicked in fields and stuff. It was it just really did. No, we really did it. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I'm like, stop messing with me. Did you really? No. Nope, you sang, I you sang too. It was yeah, like you were singing because we you're a tour guide, right? <laughs> yes, yes. It was awesome. And it um it's essentially located there that I was able to go all over Europe, into Asia, uh, northern Africa, up in Ireland, and just could travel all over. It was wow. nonstop for a while. That is awesome. Wow. Wow, really cool. And you know, um, so for those those students that are that are listening, you know, the morale, welfare and recreation um, programs are located all all around the world. And I don't know. I don't all know, over. Yeah. I don't know if you um, know this, but I was internship coordinator at NC State for um, for a year. And um, we had um, we had never we had never really had anyone um, do a military recreation internship, um, uh, and then we 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 had one, and I brought her back to do a presentation to my 150 students. And that next year, we had eight all over the world. I believe that. Yeah, yeah I believe that one guy. So I don't know if they still do this, but they used to to to. Um, put everyone in the same pile and then rank them. So if they had like 300 applicants, they would like rank them from one to 300. And so if you were number one, you got to cho choose anywhere in the world you wanted to go. And okay. we, we that year um, got the number two spot. And so one of our, uh, so one of our um, interns, chose Iceland because they were closing nice. the base there. That was the last year. Yeah. So he was like, I can't pass up on the very last chance. Smart move. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was, he was a former, he was former military. So I guess that, that boosted you also. Um, sure. But, uh, but yeah, so that is super cool, Alexis. So, so let's talk about um, th those early years after graduating, right? So you, you came back to slow. You came back <laughs> to to uh, good old Cal Poly, and um, I guess for like three and a half years or so, you worked in development. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. About that long, four years. That about yeah. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell us about what that experience was like. Kind of like your first uh, real job, so to speak. You know, even though you had had a number of really amazing <laughs> uh, positions before then, but um, what was it like working for Cal Poly and working in development? Um, and and tell people who don't know what development does. 
<laughs> development does a lot of things. It's kind yeah. of a um, development and advancement are connections to not only individual, um, but also to corporations. Um, so it can it can range. Um, what I focused on was major gifts, um, particularly from individuals, but sometimes from corporations as well. And uh, just helping to fund different projects that were going on at Cal Poly, which was uh, extremely rewarding. I bet. What was your biggest What was your biggest takeaway from that experience? Oh man, um, I think I just learned a lot about interacting with people in that role. Yeah, and building relationships and stuff, and bu- building relationships, and um, and actually, Grant Kirkpatrick, if he still works there, uh, he was amazing. He told me uh, when I was only a few weeks in, he said, "You know, the relationships you build internally are." just as important as the relationships that you build externally here. And I really took that to heart. And I've taken that to heart in every job that I've had since, that those relationships that you have internally at work, those will advance what you're doing externally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. And and shout out to Grant. Yes, Grant is um is currently he he's moved up the ladder. So he's um mm-hmm. He's an associate vice president for university development and alumni engagement. So, so yeah, I see him. Yeah, I see him around. And so, uh, so shout out. I said hi. (laughs) I will. I will next time I see him for sure. Um, Hopefully, he'll he'll listen to this and he'll he'll hear the shout out. Uh, But so let's um let let's go through. You know, we 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 won't go through through everything, but I definitely want to talk about this next one, right? So. ended up getting an opportunity um and and I didn't realize this but but you were telling me um earlier through the National Science Foundation right um to work with um uh to work in Antarctica um as uh, as a contractor and and not everybody gets to work in uh Antarctica in fact I would say very few people um get to <laughs> get to experience that. So, so I know you, you probably can't necessarily go into too much detail because you were probably doing like uh top secret work or whatever. Oh yeah. No, no, no. no you I, can, I can talk about it pretty you are. Tell us, tell us no. what you were doing there at McMurdo station and how you got it. Like that's a pretty big mm-hmm. leap, uh, Alexis, from, you know, development at Cal Poly to uh, <laughs> uh, contract work in Antarctica. It is. It is. Um, yeah. So I had originally come back to the Central Coast because my grandmother was sick. Um, so I came home to to help take care of her. And uh, she passed away. And so I kind of just was like, I had this great job at Cal Poly. I loved being there, but I had never really seen myself staying uh, on the Central Coast. And I was talking to some friends who I'd been in Germany with. And they said, we're in Antarctica. We have a job for you come on down. And I, I debated because, you know, working at Cal Poly is such a wonderful experience and such a, a secure place to be. And I remember talking to my friend, she said, well, what are you going to fear more? Um, are you going to fear leaving or are you going to fear regretting that you never did this? And I was like, I will regret never doing this. I got to go. Right. Every um, time you get cold, every time you get cold, yes. like, <laughs> you'll think about oh, it. <laughs> every man. time you hear about a penguin. <laughs> You see a penguin in the zoo and you'll be, yes. Um, so <laughs> I headed down there uh, in 2018 and uh, I did 
couple different jobs, but always related to food and beverage. So I did like food and beverage people and food logistics uh, at McMurdo Station, which is the largest station in Antarctica, uh, and then got food out to various field camps and other uh, United States owned facilities in Antarctica. Right. Yeah. I imagine. And I met my partner down there. So oh, I, I was going to say, I was about to <laughs> see you beat me to it. I was going to say, I imagine you get pretty close with the people there in uh, <laughs> Igloo in Antarctica, you know? <laughs> As a matter of fact, you do. Yeah, I met my partner, my boyfriend, and um, we he he was stationed in Charleston. Um, he's a civilian with the Navy, so I came to Charleston after my first season, and then we went back and forth for three more seasons. Um, and then I started working elsewhere and he's actually there right now. So he goes every year still. Oh, wow. That is so yeah. awesome. Um, really cool. So, so that's how you ended up at Charl in Charleston. <laughs> and, <Yeah. laughs> um, so, so let's talk about, you know, I, I, one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you or, or one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk to you is because I do think a lot of our students, um, have a tendency to overlook, certain elements of the experience industry or certain areas or settings or contacts, right? And mm -hmm. I, one of the things that I think is so great about our major is that, you know, you're essentially getting a management degree where you, that you can take anywhere in the world, right? And, and, and mm -hmm. to any company in the world and be successful, I think, right? And yeah. so um, I, you know, I, I've always looked at it as like military bases are, are like college campuses in a sense, right? You're doing all of the same things. It's it's within the walls, so to speak, yeah. right? Like there's yeah. intramurals and there's club sports and there's fitness mm -hmm. and there's outdoor recreation and there's all these things. So tell us about, you know, you started out, um, Alexis, as the uh, Liberty Program Director at the Joint Base there in Charleston. Um, tell us about um, what that, what that experience was like. And, and, um, and, you know, you, you had gone from like, being an eco tour guide and being in Antarctica, and then you're there on a base, right? I imagine mm -hmm. it was a bit of a, a bit of a shift, a bit of a, a little bit of a shock, but you were kind of going back to your roots, right? In, in recreation, so to speak. Yeah. So what was that like? Yeah, that was, um, so I went straight from being an eco tour guide, like kayak guide on the river yeah. to working at a military base. And that definitely is a very different setting, obviously. Um, I definitely present myself very uh, California, like very like, oh, let's all get along, let's hang out, let's do something uh -huh. fun, um, which isn't always how people come across at first on military bases. Uh, but you'll find that everybody wants those things, even when they're like, um, you know, that stereotypical stiff uh, sailor, soldier, airman, whatever it might be, right. they still crave those things because those things create you know, experiences, create connections, create happiness. And so those things are, are necessary and they, they exist there. They often are not found unless there's a person like someone from the experience industry management major and degree who knows how to curate it and knows how to bring people into it. I absolutely love that. And I absolutely love the name of the Liberty, the Liberty Program Director. Do you remember what that stands for? Or can I, should I tell yes. you? Oh yeah. Life is better everywhere recreation takes you. I love that. Liberty. Life is yeah. better 
everywhere <laughs> recreation takes you. That is so cool. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, so, so tell us about wh what you did as the Liberty Program Director, because I don't think, even though I just kind of summarized it, I don't think everybody necessarily pictures what you would be doing there, right? So, so tell us, tell us what that is, what that was. So, Liberty is actually a Navy-related program. Um, they're often referred to as single sailor or single soldier or single airman program, um, which doesn't necessarily mean someone who, you know, doesn't have a partner. It can mean someone who is geographically separated from their partner as well. Mm -hmm. So I worked at a facility um, that was a training facility. So pretty much everyone was geographically separated from their partner. Um, so bringing people in to have experiences in a location they were only going to be in for a few months, maybe they may only be here for six months. So it is hard as people who have gone somewhere that don't, um, you know, they aren't familiar with the place and they're there to work. It is sometimes hard to see that location, but that's a reason that so many people join the military is to see other parts of the world. So it was my job to get people every weekend. We were taking people to go, you know, skydiving and kayaking and all the go see the history around Charleston and go eat some food in Charleston and, meet other people and bring joy to your life and not just work. Um, so yeah. And then I also ran a community center at the training school. So it was where it had pool tables and games in a movie room and just a place people could come hang out on their lunch. Kind of like the, um, you know, one of the campus centers yeah. at, at a college yeah. at Cal Poly even. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you know, they don't realize it, but like, yeah, there's a rec center at, uh, on, on military bases, right? There, there is, be, yeah. right? There's and half the people are the same age as they are at Cal Poly. I mean, you're, you're talking the same population. You're talking 18 to 24. Right. That's the majority of them right there. They're looking for the same activities that anyone is on a college campus. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. So your most recent position was was also as a community center director. Um, so I imagine that was pretty similar, right? But that was with the Air Force. Is that is that correct? So yeah, they moved me from the Navy side of base to the Air Force side of base, um, and I was converting what was priorly or used to be a club. They used to have a lot of they're like country clubs on bases. Uh -huh. That's kind of fading out on some bases, um, and ours was being converted into a community center. So I took what was just a center for. Uh, the training facility for the actual sailors and now uh -huh. on a bigger level looking at the whole community on base so it could include um, retirees it could include children and all dependents and so just a bigger scale and trying to convert that facility very cool very cool so now let's talk about uh your 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 position and, and you're relatively new in the position so i want you to yeah. first of all tell us what does a public affairs specialist on the community engagement team for the Department of the Air Force at Joint Base Charleston do on a daily basis? <laughs> all sorts of things, public affairs. Yeah. Um, one of my main focuses is just bringing, uh, making those connections with people um, off base and especially like junior ROTC groups that are coming to take tours of base. I help curate those tours. Mm -hmm. and take them around escort them all sorts of things it's pretty it's still pretty new to me um but i am absolutely loving it because it's that it's where community on base meets the community off base 
and pairing those two things together. Because just like any organization, they need support from the other organizations around them. Uh, and so it's really cool to be able to make those connections. It's kind of like development. It's almost like coming back to the development aspect it? of okay. my career. <laughs> yeah. yeah, full circle, right? And you know, you recently, I want to give you, I want to give you props here. So you recently also received your master's degree um, from from the Citadel, <laughs> from the Citadel. And um, you know, I being a southern, being a southern boy myself, I know I of course know how prestigious the Citadel is and to have a, a degree from there. And so you got your master's degree. Tell us about that and why you made that choice. I did. Yeah. I was looking for a master's uh, in leadership studies, mm-hmm. uh, something I had been interested in for a while. I specifically was really interested in change management. I'd yeah. seen that happen a lot. I, um, in various different companies that I had been with, I had just seen it, I'd seen it go really well and I'd seen it go bad. <laughs> and I was really curious on what are the actual, what's the science behind that? How do you make that better in the future? Right. Um, and I particularly wanted a leadership or leadership studies that wasn't necessarily just focused on business, but wasn't just focused on uh, psychology either. And at the Citadel, they had a very blended program between those two. And so I got to take some classes in psychology as well as some classes in business. And uh, that was a great experience. And also, that, like you said, the Citadel holds a great name here in the South. So that helped me connect to the South, which which was difficult at first when I moved here. Uh, but it's helped me make that connection. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of, right, um, and, and this kind of ties in, right? I mean, I think it's so awesome, like that that lifelong learning aspect and that that element of of wanting to to um, you know enhance your knowledge and enhance your. I just love that. I think it's so great, right? But it's also really hard to work full time and get your master's, right? And so, um, so my next question is on work life balance, right? And so, you know, you're you were at one point you were working with various military members to make sure they're connecting to the community. Tell us what, um, in addition to, to getting the degree from the Citadel, what have you done? What do you, uh, what do you like most about the Charleston area and what do you do to enhance your, your life work balance? That's a good question. Cause that is something I am eternally working towards. I am somewhat of a workaholic. Um, and my, um, my career thus far has really, when I work, when you work in a remote location or when you work in an organization like the military, it's very much so that your social life and your work life are all wrapped in uh, just because you're geographically located with people and, and things like that. So it's a, this is actually probably the first time in my life that I've um, started to try and branch out and do that a little bit differently and have something, you know, this is, this is where work ends and where life begins. Uh, and that's, that's always a struggle. And I think it will eternally be a struggle for me. Mm. Um, but I'm very fortunate. We bought a house in 2020 here in Charleston and, um, our neighborhood has a ton of people in it that are around our age. And I, (laughs) I've become the party planner. I just invite everybody to everything. I, we host events out on our driveway all the time. Um, and that's really helped me kind of create that 
environment here, I find that especially the older you get, everybody wants to do something, but nobody wants to be the person that says like, oh, let's all get together. That's really awkward to do the older you get. And uh, that's also kind of where I shine. That's what I do professionally as well. So um, that's not something I'm afraid to do. I love that. I love that. It's so important to build community. And I love that you're doing that. And so tell us what's your, what's your favorite thing about the Charleston area? What's your favorite thing? Charleston is so cool for those who have, I had never been to Charleston. I got on a plane to move here and I, my boyfriend said it was great. And I said, okay, sounds good. I got nothing going at home. Uh, so I <laughs> hopped, hopped on a plane, came here. The city is, is steeped in history. I mean, it's amazing. I'm not much of a historian. So um, what was really hard for me at first is it's very, it's called the low country for a reason. Pretty much the entire city is under water, you know, sea level. Um, <laughs> there's water everywhere. There are no mountains. My favorite thing to do out in California was hike. Uh, and it took me a while to figure it out, but they have lots of through kayaking uh, trails essentially here. So you can hop in a canoe and you can go like all the way to Columbia, pretty much on a river and camp along the river as you go. I mean, there's so many kayaking, canoeing spots here, and I have fallen in love with that as a sport activity. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And you were super into that anyway. So that is really cool. Yeah. Well, two, uh, two of my, one of my uh, really, really good friends lives out in Folly Beach. I, I call him the okay. I call him the mayor of Folly Beach. And <laughs> for the for those of you who don't know, um, Folly Beach is a little funky little beach town um, adjacent mm-hmm. to uh, to Charleston, out on the uh, on the Atlantic. And uh, yeah, so I I love Folly Beach, and uh, I love love when I get a chance to get there. And so I'll have to I'll have to give you a buzz next time. Please uh, do. Next time in, yeah. I'm in the area visiting them. But, um, yeah, for sure. So let's talk. Um, let's talk a little bit more about, um, you know, opportunities and challenges, right? I mean, um, obviously, in in your line of work and in 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 what you what you've been doing in public affairs. I mean, uh, you know, the the military, like like lots of institutions, has to work on um, has to work on uh, their image and making sure that people know. Um, what the opportunities are, right? And so, so let's, but, but let's start with the challenges. Like for your position, what do you think are the biggest challenges? Um, biggest challenges for me, just personally, I was never an active duty, like a uniform service military member. Wow. Um, whereas everybody else in my office was at one point, uh, uniform service. Um, or is currently wearing a uniform. Um, and so just that experience alone, I mean, uh, not that anyone ever treats me differently about it. They're all so welcoming and, you know, we're all one big, one big team. Um, but that experience is different. I haven't gone through the same thing as the, the people wearing the uniform. Um, so being able to build those connections, but I don't necessarily, I haven't necessarily been in their shoes. Um, so I have to learn about them. It's going back to what I said about learning, you know, creating those internal partnerships as, as much as you are those external partnerships well, and just yeah. learning about people. And that, that's hard. That's really hard to do. Yeah, I love it. So so now now we'll flip it. What are the opportunities? What do you think are the greatest opportunities in your position and, and what you're doing? 
you know, not just in my position, but as a civilian with the military in general, if you want to go places, if you want to see the world, man, they will take you, they'll, they'll send you wherever you want to go. If you, right. you know, if you want right. to go to Japan, we got you. Korea, we got you, you know, right. Europe. There are opportunities everywhere and there's constantly opportunities for advancement for anybody who wants to take them and for continuous learning. Um, those are all internal as well as they're willing to send you externally to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Being such a vast organization with so many different facets, it's just it, the there is no limit to the things or places you things you could do or places you can go. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think especially the college student, if you're looking at like, I want to get in somewhere where I want to have the security, but I also want to have this freedom to see all these things and, and change my mind and do something different. That's a, being with the military is a great opportunity. Huge, huge opportunity. Yeah. I love that. That is so great. Well, so let's, uh, let's end Alexis with, with, um, with these couples. So the, the, you just gave some some great advice um, to to college students, and and um, so I'll, I'll I won't ask you to give give more, but I will ask you to go back to 2011 and um, give yourself uh, junior year Alexis some advice. What <laughs> advice would you give to yourself? Oh wow, uh, this is something that I think. So I've heard of it. I've heard it on your podcast. I've heard other people say, you know, it's take every opportunity that comes your way. Say yes, say yes. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't mean to contradict that by any means. Right. Uh, but I will say that I think the people, especially in this major, it's full of people who are willing to put themselves in the position where you're going to get offered opportunities all the time. And it's okay to be stingy with yourself uh, to, to say, I'm not available for that that doesn't fit my personal philosophy um that you know it may be more money it may be a good title it may be Mm -hmm. what everybody is calling a once in a lifetime opportunity which i don't believe exists you're you're (laughs) gonna if you find one once in a lifetime opportunity you're gonna get more um i love it and it's okay to say no to things Mm -hmm. that has taken me a really really long time to learn and i wish i would have known it earlier it's been willing to say to say no to some opportunities and to know what my I should have figured out what my personal life philosophy was a lot mm-hmm. earlier on so that I could say yes to opportunities that matched what my philosophy for life was going to be right I, I absolutely love that and that that kind of fits with what we were talking about with our with life work balance and uh you know I've just recently started yeah flipping it around, you know, just that, just that slight little, um, and I think even when I sent you, when I sent you some information, not that I think I was calling it work-life balance and, and just recently I've heard some people start to, to flip that. And I think it's, I think it's right. I think it's a good flip, right? We need to think about, mm-hmm. we need to think about that personal, our, our personal philosophies around life and work and, and, and meaning and identity and all more like we don't do it enough right you know mm-hmm. um, i yeah. took a class on it here at cal poly and so i tell them i tell those students i'm like i uh i'm lucky that i get to teach this almost every quarter because it keeps me thinking about these issues you know and, and they're so they're so important yeah. in our life yeah, and it's so. something that can like change with you and evolve with you it's something you should constantly be reevaluating and saying 100%. what is it now yeah. And 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 those can change. You know, you're not stuck, but just keep it in the back of your mind. This is this is what's important to me. 
Exactly. You know, I uh, I started teaching this course probably, I guess, probably five years ago or so. And each and every each and every time I teach it, it's I, I have a we have a a module on mindfulness, and I talk about the benefits of meditation, and we do a little session on it and everything. But I've never really been able to meditate at all, and um and and every time I teach it, I'm like, okay, this is the time I'm going to do it, right? Okay, and Focus, and I did, yeah. and I don't, I don't. But recently, I just started doing yoga and meditating. And I love it. And I feel so much better and so much clearer. And like you said, like you, 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 you go through when you stop long enough to quiet your mind and think you can think more clearly and you can develop these, these philosophies a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. I think. And so uh, I appreciate you sharing that with the world. And um, I appreciate your, you sharing your time. And um, I can't tell you how great it is to see your smiling face. It's been way too long. Um, but, uh, but thank you so much for taking the time today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. This has been really great. I appreciate awesome. it. Yeah. See you, Alexis. Hope to see Bye. you. Hope you hope to see you in the low country. Yeah, definitely. Let me know. We'll, we'll All, right. All right. All right. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Bye.